0: You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 11 of Podcast PXN. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, aka Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined by the pride of PlayStation, Sean Babiak. Sean, you're a son of a gun.
1: I'm adopted. You can't say that. (laughs) I don't know why you always have to bring up my adoption every time. i never said anything about that. It's very offensive to me.
0: Thank you to everyone in the live chat for coming out to the show. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Just search podcast PXN and you will find us on there. The show always starts with the PXN News of the Week. So let's go ahead and jump right into the show. So, first up on the PXN News of the Week, we have Probably Monsters. This isn't, this isn't like, some weird thing. We might probably uh, have Monsters. Yes, yeah, no. Probably Monsters is a new, like, studio, sort of, uh, slash publisher, founded by former longtime Bungie executive Harold Ryan. So, I thought this was kind of interesting, um... It's kind of a new breed of video game company as they put it, that's their words. Uh it's kind of a mesh between a game developer builder essentially and a publisher. So essentially what they're doing is they're bringing in a bunch of talent from around the video game industry and kind of forming teams of new developers to make AAA games. And basically helping them out uh, with finding publishers and and stuff like that, so they don't actually publish the games for these new do de- de- these new developers that they're creating, but they are basically uh, forming the studios and then helping them get to the point where they can get their games. Um, in, in the eyes of the publishers so it's actually kind of, a middleman yes, for marketing in yeah, a way. yeah exactly and it's kind of it's kind of interesting i thought it was interesting because i've never heard anything like this before in the game industry so it's kind of a new field almost that that they're going into i'm not sure how successful it will be and i'm not sure if they get like ownership of the studios i would think that they would get a certain like percentage of each studio that they help create um And then that's maybe how
1: they get either that or royalties off the game that they help get into essentially a service. Yeah, would be a good guess, too, because a lot of people understand, like there was actually a news report that came out this week about um, the child actor who played uh, Simba in the original animated movie that he was offered two million dollars or one hundred thousand dollars with royalties. Obviously, two million dollars in the 90s was a lot of money, but he turned that down for royalties and he's made way more than that because it's a smarter move in the end yeah for sure so i just thought this was kind of interesting
0: news to try to throw that in there to kind of start us out next up miss marvel was announced as a playable character in squares avengers game so actually crystal dynamics developed uh avengers game and apparently the story's gonna evolve over many years so
1: first that is a pretty big thing that Miss Marvel <clears throat> is the uh, character that was announced because that has been a huge push recently. Is not only um, diversity amongst Marvel heroes, but not the same Marvel heroes that keep getting thrown to us. Yeah, uh, Miss Marvel actually just appeared in Marvel Ultimate Alliance, uh, the Black Order. She was a playable character in that. And um, she's getting a movie. Right? She's getting or a, TV a TV series, series. on uh, Disney Plus. Um, this is going to be in my mind probably pretty big. Now we haven't seen gameplay of it. We've just know about the release from New York Comic Con this week. Um excuse me, with Kamala Khan uh joining the Marvel team. And if everybody doesn't know any of the backstory of Miss Marvel, she's a huge Marvel fan. Yeah. That's why they call her Miss Marvel, because she knows like everything about the superheroes, was obsessed with them, and she is one herself. Um almost a little bit in the vein of um, Mr. Fantastic, but different powers and abilities and stuff like that. I think it'll blend really well for a action game. Um, I'm still very lukewarm on the Avengers itself. Um, like you were mentioning in the second part of the story, um, it also uh, got told to reporters that they're kind of comparing the initial launch in May 15th of next year that it's going to be think of a tomb raider size game right um which makes sense because they made tomb raider exactly (laughs) that's the experience you're getting first off and then they are planning on developing a story over years of content um which you actually made a good point before we were talking before the podcast of that's both cool that they're supporting it but as we know Support can be a double-edged sword because of games like Anthem. There was a giant plan for Anthem that has all been scrapped due to the non-success it encountered. Um, I'm still all for... I don't see why this has to be a constantly ever-evolving game, in my opinion. I would love just a kind of experience of an action game with the Avengers characters. I could be wrong. I mean, this could turn out to be awesome. Yeah. Um, I wasn't particularly, like, high on the graphical element of it. I mean, Thor's hair looked really, like, just PS3 era. I just don't like the art style on some of them. Like,
0: they just seem off to me. And maybe that's just my MCU brain, like, seeing Chris Hemsworth and seeing Chris uh, Pratt, or not Chris Pratt, shoot, the other Chris, oh, Chris okay. Evans. Chris, Chris, and, he- Chris Evans and, and, and Chris Hemsworth, and, yeah. And seeing them as their characters and then seeing them and it's just, like, they're the same character, but
1: they're like a little bit different, like visually. So it's like very confusing. To in look the comics, at. actually, the character that is being portrayed in uh, Crystal Dynamics' character is a lot more faithful oh, to yeah. the looks of Captain America I'm than Chris sure. Evans is. Yeah, it's hard to translate that stuff from yeah. a comic to a movie. You can't find the exact looking person. Yeah. Um. So I I, I think it's really cool though that we got a character. A essential main star because that's the sixth playable character that's been announced. Still no Hawkeye, which I always find funny. Yeah. Um. But that's a sixth character. They're diving now into recent Marvel history, so that gives me hope for ever expanding characters. Black Panther. Black Panther. Um. I'm actually really hoping Doctor uh, Strange. Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel. I actually really like Captain Marvel. Not not particularly the movie i did enjoy it but i mean just the character itself
0: and really they i don't feel like they'd have to do that much to get captain marvel working like they just use like iron man
1: as a base like very similar and disney's obviously not i don't want to say they're a publisher or developer or anything like that but they're a sponsor of this game because they gave their blessing to develop this and now disney has that fox deal so possibly an X Men coming into the fray. Yeah. That I would be really that. cool. Yeah, because uh, we kind of got shortchanged on the Marvel vs. Capcom Very game true. earlier this generation. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this gives me hope then that they're going to dive into their essential Marvel wheelhouse and pull some things out that we might not be expecting. This was a character I was not yeah. expecting. I agree. I honestly expected if there was going to be anybody else that was announced, it would have been Black Panther. Yeah, uh, just because due to popularity. Yeah,
0: I agree. So this is super exciting news, and I'm kind of interested to see if they end up r- announcing any other playable characters or if this is going to kind of be
1: it before they do more characters. The sad part is is that the playable character I would love is yeah. actually a villain, but they've already showed that he's the villain of that first mission. That's Taskmaster. Ah, yeah. Um, Taskmaster is... That's why I wasn't particularly happy that he's confirmed for the Scarlet Witch movie. Uh, Scarlet Witch. Black Widow. Sorry, um, but he's conferred his enemy for Black Widow, and it's like, Taskmaster, a lot of people think of him on pace with being with Deadpool right? type thing, so yeah, we'll see what happens in May. Yeah. Maybe more characters will be announced between now and then.
0: Yep. Uh, some recent news, Doom Eternal, I believe this was yesterday that this came through, that uh, Doom Eternal has been delayed until March, uh, so it was re- originally supposed to come out in November, right? Um, and they pushed it back a few months back to March, I guess they were citing, uh, just trying to get things ready, ready to go for launch. And actually they did say a couple of things aren't even going to be there at launch. I think multiplayer is one of the things that is maybe not going to be there at launch. I thought it was
1: a mode of,
0: I'm, I'm it looking might, at right now. It might've been, but uh, there's certain aspects that they're pushing back even further than March. Uh, but the game itself has been pushed back to March in a totality uh, perspective this is a good thing because you want the game to be as polished and as good as it can be so i'm all for this and i think you are as well uh, especially definitely. given this fall's investments that i have right exactly. now in my mind we have plenty yeah. of stuff to play like there's modern warfare there's uh um outer worlds which i'm extremely excited i still for. have to buy zelda That's-
1: luigi comes out in a couple of uh, weeks yeah uh we're both excited for the star wars game jedi fallen order yeah yeah. it's 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 gonna turn into a quick fall that you don't realize oh my gosh i'm overwhelmed with games oh yeah um so going off of that uh the mode was called invasion mode where you get to be a playable demon in another character's game campaign yes um so that's actually going to be something that's delayed afterwards um they also said that this has now formally been announced for nintendo switch 2 yeah um, and the third thing, which I think is actually really cool because I recommended you playing this, yeah. is now Doom 64 yes. is going to be a pre-order bonus yep. uh, for Doom Eternal. The, the
0: only disappointing thing I will say from that is that Invasion mode, in my opinion, sounds m- cooler than the multiplayer mode that's going that's coming with Doom Eternal. I would rather them prioritize that Invasion mode and and, and do that first and then have multiplayer come after because... Most people are gonna be playing the Doom Eternal campaign right away, so you're gonna play that campaign in the first part, and if you don't have that invasion mode, then you're not
1: really going to have well, any incentive to for go for Doom 2016. The single player, or sorry, the multiplayer was a very weak element of that game. Right, that um, was not something that anybody looked at, but everyone loved that single player. Right, um, I, I really liked it. I only made it halfway through, um, but I liked it so much I gave Doom VR that chance or VFR, and mm. I that's actually one of my favorite VR experiences of that game, just for how stressed i was playing it yeah um i i I agree with you i know a lot of people are probably a little upset about this or maybe more than just a little uh but delays not necessarily always mean bad Mm, Uh, i mean naughty dog has not had a game that's not been delayed and i don't know how long that's true Uh, the last three uncharted's were delayed and last of us yeah and those are considered was last of of us uh last of us 2 was never given a launch date that that was the thing they learned their lesson a little bit on that so and obviously it was delayed because they tested it that a lot of people were not responding to the ending well so they Mm -hmm. changed it and made the ending that they did yeah um so i'm very happy that they're they're trying to break a bethesda mold right now that's going on in my opinion yeah uh there's a lot of crap that rightfully so bethesda has been taking for the last year yeah. Um. I think due to their hubris and their, I guess maybe their earnest action to investors, mm-hmm. uh, launching these games that aren't all the way complete. I don't think Fallout anymore gets the pass of well. There's always been glitches in the games. People are starting to give that up. Yeah. Um. They don't want that stuff. And Bethesda's taken a huge hit publicly. For everything that happened with Fallout 76. yeah, and, um, and glitches, to be clear, glitches wasn't the only problem exactly, with yeah.
0: Fallout 76, but yes.
1: So, I, I don't know. I'm actually more hopeful that I will actually get to this in March. Yeah. Downfall for me is Final Fantasy seven yeah. Comes out in March. Luckily, the, I don't have Yeah, I was going to say, at this moment, you don't have anything, but who yeah. knows? Spring <laughs> is the new fall at this point. True. And you never know what else gets delayed. Yep. So... Uh, Next up we have,
0: uh, so this week there was uh, some new news about Valve's uh, 30% cut that they were uh, getting hate for. So essentially Valve takes 30% of any profits that a a, a game makes on their store on Steam. And there was new news that actually uh, came out that showed that Xbox Store and PlayStation Store and Even, like, physical retailers like Amazon, Best Buy, GameStop, etc., all of them all have the same 30% um, uh, cut that they take, essentially, from the game's profits. So, this wasn't a big surprise to me at all, uh, just because you would think that that's, like, a standardized thing. I think... A lot of people kind of got up in arms about the whole Epic Games Store thing. But the thing is, Epic Games Store only takes 12% cut. So if you're a developer and you make a a PC exclusive and you release on Epic Games Store only, you're going to make 18% more than you would make on Steam. So like... You have to think about what developers think about. That's 18% more money in their pocket for every game purchased. And also, Epic, in a lot of cases, has been paying developers to bring their games first on Epic Games Store in order to get their uh, store more popularized. They're trying to compete with Steam. So my problem is is when people basically my problem is is when people complain about games not coming to steam and then they sit come around and say uh why are you releasing on epic game store well this is why this is why it's coming on epic game store if valve wants to compete with epic game store not necessarily with microsoft and sony and physical retailers but if they want to compete with epic game store they've got to lower that amount in my opinion like you can't You can't just look at it and say, hey, Microsoft and Sony are charging that that same amount uh, of cut or whatever because they're not really competing directly. Steam is not really competing with them necessarily because they're on a different platform.
1: But you also have to look at it, in my opinion, too, from a business side of things. So. Uh, Whenever somebody comes in new on the market, they always try to undercut the big dog. There's a lot of times a reason why the big dog is taking that cut for a reason. That's the way you maintain sustainability and profit. Um, I can see that Epic is preparing in their mind to take a loss due to these percentages, get the store built up, and then go right to that model, but not announce anything.
0: Yes, I agree to a certain extent, but... At the same time, if they're being transparent about the numbers,
1: then that, I don't feel like that's really – I don't think that's really a matter. Well, that... here's – everyone can be transparent up to a point. When yeah. they start changing things and they see yeah. successes or failures, yeah, that being that they don't necessarily have to be holding to us, mm-hmm. even though we're the customers, and I right. totally get that. They're not beholden to us to make sure that they're – Making less profit or that type of stuff. right. Uh, now I do agree with you why uh, developers won't want to go to epic games at this point or any other developer that would offer more money uh, on your profits as opposed to the other platforms. Yeah, uh, but there will be almost a give and take symbiotic relationship with that because there's reasons why certain stores do that type of thing right. Um, and like and this is no ill will to either valve steam or sorry uh valve or uh epic games or even playstation or xbox anyway i totally understand the business side um my only thing is um now that we kind of know these numbers these are public knowledge Mm -hmm. i would really hope then developers are kind of banding together and then cool this is how much you're taking off of us for our profits then help us with the curation. Yeah. Because I feel like that is the biggest loss in translation when you go to a PlayStation store, a rep Xbox store. Um, I've only been on, like, Steam a few times in my life, but, like, it just feels cluttered. Um, you don't know, essentially. It doesn't make a good job of showing you what you would like. Like, how you get suggestions when you're on Spotify right. of art- other artists you like or movies. I, I feel like the games industry is lacking that a bit where curation would be a huge thing or yeah. advertising the big new releases and not just some, um, what, like 200 games come out on Steam a day, it feels like. Yeah. Like, just and, something like that to kind of broaden us out. And I feel like the all-digital future
0: kind of will help with that because part of that, I think, is like – a a console can't necessarily know everything you own because you have some physical games you have some digital games you may not necessarily play them all you may have some still sealed up so like if you buy a digital game they always know you own that game so like you can say he's playing this game he likes x y and z and make recommendations based off of that so i feel like at but some it, point,
1: maybe next gen will recognize that though your hard copies, yeah, Amazon, possibly um, a couple years ago, allowed you like so you could create a wish list mm-hmm. and you could actually have the option of saying I already own that and oh. that would then base your suggestions. Oh, Amazon's stuff is like creepy. You'll yeah, on the website
0: is. and it's like, well, you you may have been looking at this. Come, come back yeah. and look at it. It's like okay, nope, I'm good. So I I just yeah that that's kind of interesting um, on that front, but. Next, we're going to jump into some Xbox news. So Mike Yabara, who is kind of like one of the the head honchos, he's like number three uh, with Xbox, he is leaving Microsoft uh, after 20 years with the company, but he is teasing that he's staying in games. So he's basically taking another position within the game industry. So the interesting thing about this is last week we were talking about actually the topic of the show, Sean Layden leaving Sony. And the interesting thing, I think, is the timing of this is too coincidental for it to not be tied into that. So I think that possibly Sean Layden and Mike Ibarra are going to join Google's Stadia team. Stadia, Stadia, whatever it is. Stadia. Yeah, and uh, they're going to basically form that le- core leadership for Stadia and I guess make decisions for the future of Google's gaming platform. So that's just my prediction. I don't know what else there would be out there that you would want to leave like Microsoft or Sony for. To
1: me, there's not anyone bigger well, than
0: Google. Some so. people,
1: though, also have a almost an addiction to rising um, in companies. And once they reach that tip-top, they want to kind of start back over and do that. Or they could also just be like, I was in charge of a huge conglomerate. Um, I just want to take a step back and focus on what I really got into games for.
0: It's possible. Yeah. but I mean, don't
1: believe they're going to Google, no, personally. You don't? No. There's no indication that they are. I, I If it's... I were Google, I would be touting that off. Uh, yeah, but there's, there could be contract stipulations like they
0: may have to wait so much time before they can do that since they're a competing company. You never know with that
1: kind of yeah, thing. But I, I st- I, yeah, but I just think that's all conjecture. I don't see anything uh, that's showing that they are. I just, we'll see. I think it's coincidence yeah. that they both left.
0: We'll see, but the thing is is what you were saying about leadership at the highest level, not wanting to uh, necessarily stay there and like start over – Usually that happens within, like, the development side. So, like, a high-end developer, like, maybe the head of a studio leaves to make a smaller studio, indie developer or something. It usually doesn't happen with the top tier of, like, the publishing staff. That usually
1: doesn't happen. I I would agree on that. I just... Like I said, I just hesitate to say it's yeah. Stadia-related. So what I, do you
0: think it's going to be then? Because Mikey Barr clearly said it, he's staying in the game industry.
1: I honestly have no thoughts on either one of them. Mostly because I think it is not a worthwhile investment to believe in Stadia at this point in time. Um, it could be in the future, and I know we've kind of mentioned this before on the on the show, but... Um, I, I don't, I'm not even going to go off of infrastructure in the United States itself. Yeah. I'm going to go off the simple fact of one, where's the advertisement for, I, I know it's an online thing, but you are touted that you can play it on your TV. Yeah. So where's the advertisement? Cause it should have started now. They've already sold out of one of the founders, the founders pack, edition, yeah. um, which that They'd- doesn't sh- bode well because given how many pre-orders I think were registered. Yeah. Was not that high of a pre-order. Oh amount. yeah, they definitely put a super low number yeah. just to sell so out. Of it. Yeah, so that does not give me hopes that this is going to be a strong buy-in. Now, yeah. everyone said if anyone's going to succeed in this market, it's going to be Google. Yeah. I just don't yeah. know if they're going to succeed how they believe they will. Yeah. I, I I just don't believe in this foray in gaming right now.
0: Yeah. I mean I agree with what you're saying, but that doesn't necessarily trans. That doesn't necessarily mean that these guys aren't going there. Just because, like, it's... But we don't her, think it's a good nothing. Ride.
1: Yeah, no, no. You're right. Yeah. This is totally conjecture. Yeah. But, Nick, and I will agree, yeah. at least so far, there has not been any fanfare from either Xbox or PlayStation about these two high-ups leaving. Right. Yeah. Um, well, it is very Phil
0: Spencer, weird. Phil Spencer did tweet something out about Mike Ybarra and said, basically, thanked him yeah. for everything. But, yes, you're right. There hasn't been any, like, crazy Exactly, yeah. Thing. So, yeah, that... I think we might get that news by the end of the month, so we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Dinner later. bet? Well, we'll Just see. Skyline bet. You heard it. Steak dinner. Steak dinner. Uh, <laughs> next, we've got some reviews. die. We've got some reviews. Uh, Concrete Genie got some reviews and
1: Ghost Recon
0: Ra- Breakpoint.
1: So I'll go a bit with Concrete Genie. So this is a PlayStation exclusive. Um, that does have PSVR capabilities and that's kind of what it piqued my interest because mm. I was looking for something in the fall with PSVR. All right. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm still loving beat saber when I get to it, but I just wanted something else kind of like Moss was to me last year. Filler. Um, is that that mouse? Game? Yeah, it was actually a lot of fun. Gotcha. Um, very interesting puzzles, but, uh, it's getting in the mid sevens as far as concrete Dreaming on Metacritic right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, A lot of it seems very easy. A lot of people are praising the art itself, not the art style, Mm. but the art. So, like, basically, you're this kid named Ash. um, You're walking around this uh, deserted town um, that's been, like, plagued by, basically, gentrification, more or less, from the outside suburbia. Um, And you're trying to bring life back to this place through your drawings, this magical brush. Um, And it looks interesting in that fact Um, a lot of what turned me off is everyone saying the ease and like, you just want to spend like time, like painting the buildings and stuff like that. And that gave me a lot of vibes for a little big planet creator mode, which I spent like zero time in. I just wanted to play stuff. I'm not, I'm not one of those people that likes to create inside games. I always like that games were created for me to just enjoy and play. Yeah. Um, that's why I've never been high on dreams or any of that stuff. Dreams. um Ugh. they did say it kind of switches genres though uh midway through to almost an action game with the brush becoming like a weapon um type thing so but it looked like very simple simple mechanics like button mashy type stuff not like in-depth action combat or any of that um so it, it looks like something interesting to check out I I don't know if it's something that I'm going to be putting any money into at this point right PlayStation made a huge, huge um, flag in the poll this month with having MLB the Show and Last of Us two first-party studio games. Mm-hmm. So it's possible I could see this in the future uh, being a um, PS Plus game. Yep. So for me, right now, it kind of seems where I'm leaning towards. But it does, did seem pretty interesting for it.
0: Cool. And then <clears throat> Ghost Recon Breakpoint. I feel I feel like that uh, that has not gone as well as Ubisoft had uh imagined and no the crazy part is is wildlands didn't come out that long ago it was like 2017 that wildlands
1: came out i believe it was the number one game right almost i think it's Call of duty d-
0: yeah which is crazy to me that wildlands was so successful and they didn't just build off of that more than more so instead of building a brand new game less than two years later and I think that was a shock because they announced it a, almost a year after Wildlands came out, Breakpoint. And Breakpoint has released to some very low scores. It's in the low 60s on Metacritic right now. And I want to say that Wildlands was in like the 80s, low 80s, maybe. And. Uh, it just seems like the heart
1: of that series isn't there for Breakpoint. and Well, they're trying to be a jack-of-all-trades master of none right. from everything that I'm hearing. yeah. Um, like, it has... I guess there's a system in uh, Ubisoft uh, Rainbow Six... Uh, sorry, Tom Clancy games, where it's, like, RPG mechanics to, like, do raids and stuff like that. Yeah. But the raids aren't even available, but they keep telling you about them, and, like, even Destiny doesn't do that right. and stuff. And it's just it's trying to mesh all these genres in one instead of being its own thing like pseudo open world but not open world yeah uh, supposedly the story which most tom glancy games this, the story is forgettable don't get me wrong um except for in my probably opinion splinter cell i couldn't tell you the story right but i, I remember splinter liking cell. the story yes. how it developed Yep. So, I, I don't know. I, this was never a game I was hyped on. This yeah. wasn't on either one of ours' radar as far as nope. games we were anticipated for. Nope. Um, it, it's sad that it didn't work out well, especially given the success of Division well, 2 earlier this year. Yeah. And Rainbow Sixes continued. You do know what this means, right? Ubisoft, you need to
0: drop all freaking ties to Ghost Recon and make a new Splinter Cell. That's yes. what we want.
1: I would agree though. the downfall is the sales. The sales probably tell all. So I, You know what? I don't care. I'll buy <laughs> 30 copies. 30 copies. You heard it. Yeah, you heard it. So
0: that's it for the news. Uh, so we'll jump into the games we are playing. I'm still playing Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. I don't really have a whole lot to say about that. I've only played a couple more story missions. I've been still kind of grinding on uh, Borderlands, trying to get through some of those side missions and stuff like that, leveling up. So uh, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep, still same thing, really good. Still enjoying it. I don't know if it's going to hold my attention just because there's so many games coming out, and I feel like Outer Worlds is going to take a ton of my time when that comes out. Is that out. two weeks? It's the end of October, so I think it's like October 28th or something like that. But it's definitely going to take a lot of my time up. Um, and then uh, also is it two weeks uh 25th 25th gotcha so yeah pretty much two weeks from now gotcha Gotcha. the other game that i am playing is not a new game but it is halo reach on master chief collection i got accepted into last weekend's um beta testing for the mcc insider is what it's called it's early testing for um new stuff coming to master chief collection and this is halo reach uh halo reach plays really good on xbox one uh the exciting thing for me is like they're they're treating this like any other game that they ported to master chief collection so it's getting up res visuals 4k 60 frames per second that they're supporting uh the game plays really good i i had a blast with halo reach the only complaints i had about halo reach back in the day were armor lock which Bungie admittedly says a million times they wish they would have never made Armor Lock, and yes, unfortunately it's still there, But uh, and also Bloom. So Bloom is something Bungie created for Halo Reach where you shoot your gun and it continuously expands your reticule as you shoot your gun. So the DMR, for instance, becomes less accurate the more the faster you shoot it, the more you shoot it. It gets annoying because no other Halo game has has bloom and it's very frustrating to try to project where your bullets are going to go but the good thing is is 343 is transitioning a lot of the settings that that bungie created at the end of halo Reach's lifespan w- that had like uh competitive settings that basically turns bloom off turns certain things off like sprint and and really makes halo reach an even more enjoyable experience and i'm excited to go back to f- Forge World, best Forge map.
1: Totally. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> shut up, Sean. All right, go ahead. Um. So, uh, similar to you, I have a couple like just samey game experiences. But I actually uh, turned my Switch on uh, this week and dove into the eShop and downloaded a bunch of demos uh, for games that I've been wanting to check out, see what I like. So I got four on here um, that. I both like and don't like and hate. Oh. Um, so I will do... First, uh, let me do the like. Um, so the first one is Ori and the Blind Forest. Oh, yes. Which we so know good. it's not a new game, uh, but this was an Xbox-exclusive game from 2015 or 2016? Uh,
0: 2015. 2015. The, uh, let me interrupt you one second, because Shocker. I saw this the other day. Apparently... Orion the Blind Forest runs better on Switch than it does on Xbox
1: One. It was very smooth. Yeah. That that art style fits the Switch very well. Yeah. Um so you get to kind of do like the first essentially mission, I guess you could kind of call it uh, or the first task like before you go up to the tree. Um I actually really enjoyed it. Um I am planning on purchasing it on the Switch. I really want to support this partnership with xbox and nintendo yeah. i mean even though i have cuphead on my xbox and ori on my xbox i never really played ori i got it for christmas um but i played the hell out of cuphead but i played it even more the hell out of when i got on the switch yep um so i really want this partnership to continue i agree so i i think that's the best way is to support this show nintendo hey keep this type of thing up so i am looking forward to purchasing that game especially because it's a definitive edition so any of the DLC, which I don't know what all was added to it, yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, New the, game plus. I think they added. Uh, I'm not sure what else. Okay. Yeah. Um, next one is a hate, or sorry, not like. This is this is a not like. Uh, this is Damon Machina, ex Machina. Hmm. Um, so this is a um, Japanese mech game, um, similar to maybe Zone of the Enders, but not as good in my opinion one it didn't look that fresh on the switch now i will preface with this with saying i played all these on handheld mode um i generally play my switch mostly exclusively on handheld uh except for breath of the wild and uh mario odyssey i did play those primarily actually on my tv screen um but it just it controlled very wobbly almost like it just it didn't feel right. Like yeah. I remember playing Zone of the Enders uh, on the PS Two, and probably I'm like so many others, I played it because it had a Metal Gear Solid Two demo, uh, and everyone was super excited to finally get a reach on that. Uh, but I actually like Zone of the Enders, and Damon and Oxnard does does not look like something I'm going to continue or invest in. It just didn't. I didn't find it to be that fun of experience. It seemed a little too much like a 2004 game for right now. um now to go on to my absolute hate and this actually is a very disappointing on one for me uh contra rogue ops uh rogue core sorry uh this one it's getting eviscerated in reviews um and every reviewer is almost in their right to do this um i grew up on contra i love the contra games um the original konami code that's from contra games uh contra 2 and 3 are probably two of my favorites of the series uh the first one i actually played in arcades and it is so disappointing to see this is where the series is now it is a pseudo top down it's almost trying to copy what um, uh house marquee or house mark has done when it comes to like Nation or alienation it's trying to copy it yeah. but not copy it well It looks awful. Like, I'm not even joking when I say it looks awful. Art style or graphic? Graphic and art style. Um, It it just looks straight up PS2 era. Straight up. Like, not abashedly. Um, The aiming does not feel right. The jumping doesn't feel right. Um, The fact that if they would have went with a 2D Contra, it would have sold gangbusters in my mind comparison-wise. Like, this is going to tank hard. And I know a lot of people said this when it got announced at E3 this year, too, that this does not look good. It did not at all change anyone's mind now that it's come out. I appreciate the fact that they gave me a demo, Mm -hmm. um, because that means you don't have to waste your money. Uh, But the fact is that it is not a good game. Uh, The thing I
0: I don't get about that is, like, listen to your fans. What do they want? Don't just make whatever you want. Like, Freaking Bethesda did with Fallout. Yep. You just made Fallout seventy six. No one wanted that. Like, yeah.
1: No one asked for a game where you're with people when it's a game for being alone. Right. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Um, the last one is actually one that I never checked out, but I've been wanting to. I'm still not for sure how I feel about it. And I told you this earlier. Um, the Necromancer game for yep. that's the Zelda uh, version of it. I think it's. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's the Zelda version of that. Um, so they actually give you a decent amount to play with as far as, like, the time. Like, you get basically a miniature portion of the map, but, like, everything that you were able to do in the game, you are able to do there. Oh, that's cool. Um, Is and, it time-locked? No. 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 Uh, and, uh, also, this and Ori does a really cool thing, and I think Damon X Machina as well, where if you decide to purchase the game online... Boom, your save nice. just auto-slides in, which is a really cool feature that game developers started doing for all this stuff. Yep. Um, but it's, it's very hard to get the timing right on these, and I know I heard a lot of people when this came out that it, that's probably the most uh, jarring thing for you is that you're so used to this top-down Zelda and you have to now do this timing and movements. Yep. It is really cool, and it's really awesome to hear this music remixed. Uh, as a, like the Zelda themed musics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, it, I couldn't get comfortable when I played for about an hour. Yeah. Um, so I, I know there's no tutorials and obviously I'm normally a guy that likes that with my love of FromSoft games, but I, I just wish there was, a, I guess maybe a little bit more handholding when it comes to a completely new mechanic that I'm unfamiliar with. Yep. Uh, but it, it's definitely something that I'm going to keep my eye on when it comes to sales. Uh, If it's something that drops down, which, unfortunately, since it's published by Nintendo, probably not. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I do like that all four of these games, I got the chance to actually give a try. I really miss the days that a lot of games came with demos. I think it's just a smart move to get your audience, see if they like it, see if they don't. I get it. Sometimes it can backfire. But Ori sold me just on their 10-minute demo. I immediately, like, I have to get this game. Yep. So... We'll see. Uh, shout out to next week. Uh, I know we're about to go into our topic of the show, yeah. but Killer Queen Black, which is a highly anticipated Nintendo Switch game that was a very popular eSport arcade game, yep. comes out Friday. Um, Daniel and I are actually going to be playing that hopefully this weekend, uh, but we're very much looking forward to giving our impressions of that next week.
0: looks interesting. It does. You, you actually showed me. I was like, I have no idea what this is, but it looks It looks neat. Yeah. So... We'll jump into the topic of the show. Our topic of the show this week is Next Gen and how it's shaping up to be. So, basically we got confirmation uh, yesterday or the day before that PlayStation 5 is officially a thing. Thank god they so, called it 5. Yeah. I'm so happy they did. Honestly, that. <laughs> I
1: feel like they should have called it PlayStation 1. I mean, you know. <laughs> can Can <laughs> just for we're going to talk about like all this stuff. Yeah. Can we're just going to get to that side of the way because I'm not going to mention it anymore. Yeah. The only thing I want of a new Xbox is just a better name. That's all. Yeah. Just don't call it the Xbox 2 or... Yeah. You, just, honestly, just call it the Xbox. I'll be okay with that. You do
0: realize that there's no chance of that. I know. I Xbox know. 360, where I did that come from? Xbox One, where did that come from? Play. Sony's the, the only one, one that makes it make sense. The next <laughs> one's just going to be called Xbox Infinity just because, you know? Uh, so... Some of the news this week uh, has been that uh, PS5 is going to have ray tracing hardware, Uh, so basically the GPU is going to support ray tracing, um, which also Xbox already announced that theirs is going to support ray tracing as well. I'm sure it'll be very similar GPU hardware, just like this generation. Uh, Obviously, PS4 was a little bit more powerful this generation, but uh, um, obviously... in a totality perspective, it, it kind of came out in the end because Xbox One X is a little more powerful than PS4 Pro,
1: so um, it's kind of PS4 is basically more powerful than the PS4 Pro. Well, it, whereas yeah. Xbox, and this is gonna sound bad the way I'm gonna say it, Xbox took a man's dump to bake yeah. Xbox X. Right. Uh, PlayStation just took like a little like a rat pellet poop for PS4 Pro. Very true. <laughs> yep. So uh
0: and they're also both going to be based on uh the uh Navi technology I believe. Yes. Yeah. Ryzen line and GPU based on Navi family. And then they're obviously both having SSDs in it. Uh that that hasn't changed. The interesting thing that I thought that was cool that they talked about uh was the new DualShock controller. They talked about some new um, thumbsticks that you can the developers can actually make certain tension yep. uh, and develop for that. so like if you're walking in sand or something, that would feel different than walking in like water or ground or whatever. which would be really cool for some of those adventure games that they have. be very cool. However, how many developers are going to utilize this because gorilla that's yeah. That's the problem because they the technology in the Xbox One controller is super, super cool um, for developers to utilize, but no one uses it. The rumble triggers, basically Microsoft put a rumble trigger in, in the uh, uh, left and right triggers so that you would get force feedback when shooting your guns and stuff like that, and you can adjust the tension based on how much you're pressing down the trigger so it would give you less feedback or more feedback depending on what you're doing the games that did this phenomenally was forza which is an in-house developer and halo which is another in-house developer and really no one else took advantage of of the hardware and that's that's kind of my thing is how many people are actually going to use this it sounds freaking super cool and awesome but to me if not enough developers support well you this could say the pointless. same thing with like
1: the, when the PS uh, Vita came out yeah that really the only team that utilized that back touch screen yeah. was uh, media molecule with a tearaway yeah. um, how they did that very interestingly like as far as like raising things up and all that stuff yeah. so I would agree I mean I'm not so much I'm not so much interested in what they put in the controller that developers will lose I'm more interested in what they left out. I was very surprised that HD Rumble did not catch on, as far as from the Nintendo Switch side. Um, what exactly is HD it, it, Rumble? HD bro? Rumble, so it you you feel it's not it's not the tension you can actually like feel the rumble and the extent of that if that makes sense. It's like so the perfect example is actually One Two Switch, which I demoed in the store, mm-hmm. um, where there's the marble game, right? Um, and you actually feel the individual marbles dropping in your hand. I gotcha, yes. And you actually know feel you're how many are supposed to be in there because they're supposed to be guessing. Yes, I got um, what you're saying. Now, not a lot of games, though, still use that. The The other thing is is that's a lot more difficult to
0: do in like a, a traditional controller because you're not holding it like you would a Switch
1: controller. That's very. That but I figured game. they would try to figure out some way to... Yeah make, everything's about immersion these days when it comes to games. How do you feel more part of the experience? Right. I mean, that's the whole crux of PSVR, or any VR, yeah. is we want you in the game type thing. Which is why I think that whole new control stick with different environments
0: like changes is super cool. Yeah. It's just, I, I just question
1: how many developers are going to use it. Well, like you said, it's probably going to be a first party thing um, as far as utilization. I can really see Gorilla taking advantage of that in their terrain when the inevitable... Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is announced, because um, we all know that's got to be their next game. That's that's not even conjecture. That's literally has to be. That's better selling than any of their uh, Killzone games. Yes. Uh, so there's no way they're going to abandon that franchise. The
0: other thing that uh, Mark Cerny talked about was um, essentially the SSD would not only improve the load times, but also traditional games on optical media right now when it has to install to a older hard drive that's a slower uh read speed it's a it's a disc um that it has to read from the the way developers do that nowadays they write to that disc multiple times the same data over and over like instead of reusing the same data because it's easier for the um for the pin to just hit that data in a different slot instead of going all the way around, rotating all the way around to get back to that data again. So they waste a lot of space by doing that. So NextGen is supposed to kind of alleviate that with SSDs because the developers can just put that data in there one time and SSDs are super quick because it just instantly gets that data. And this sounds awesome as well, um, but the only thing is, My question is, are the consoles only gonna have one terabyte hard drives again? Is that gonna be a thing? Because SSDs are significantly more expensive than a traditional hard drive. So my concern is they only put one terabyte hard drives in and then either don't support external hard drives or only require SSD external hard drives, which would get mighty expensive. For instance, right now, I have an eight terabyte hard drive, uh, external hard drive, plugged into my Xbox One right now. That is seventy some percent full. If they go and make next gen where you have one terabyte hard drive and you you can't use like a traditional like seventy two hundred RPM uh, hard drive, you're screwed. I'm screwed because you can't spend five hundred dollars on a three terabyte SSD and expect to do
1: that for a console that costs five hundred dollars i don't know if it'll be out of the box we know eventually no matter what that support will come down yeah. just depends on the model um i really wish i had a right way to lean for yeah. you because um, terabyte right now seems like the minimum your console needs yes i upgraded my ps4 when i got it to the terabyte hard drive yeah um i actually bought the terabyte hard drive for the xbox when i bought that um, so it seems almost like a guarantee that that's the minimum you need. I, I would prefer two, but what what gets me honestly the most scared is right now we're at the end of our console generation. Yes, Red Dead was two disc, Final Fantasy. We're assuming that they've already announced multiple discs, right? Um, Cyberpunk, yeah, that's to that's got to be on yeah, multiple multi. discs. With just looking at that, how it is that that means then that these games are going to be at least 200 maybe 300 plus gigs. That's yeah. one game. Now, what he's saying could save data
0: True. if they do it that way. But my concern with that also is if they do say that you can use a traditional hard drive and they do this new technology where they're they're only implementing implementing the data one time, That means you're essentially slowing down your load times for old hard drives. So if you're playing a game on an older hard drive, like a a normal hard drive, 7,200 RPM, you're going to get slower load times than like Xbox One and PS4
1: because of what they were just describing. I'm holding most judgment with everything until their respective uh, conferences. Because we all know that they're going, I guess I shouldn't say we all know, but we're all assuming that come 2020 they're both going to have a preview right. um, event of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I could even see Xbox maybe having a pre-show, in a sense, with XO event in London this at the end of this year. Yeah, they um, could reveal something at yeah. London. Yeah. So I, I could very much see it. My uh, main thing is it's more or less is what they're doing with momentum each console has had. Now, I don't think we're going to see Xbox close the gap as much as PlayStation closed the gap last generation. Um, I, I think they already kind of know that. I mean, they, they won't even announce hardware numbers at this point as far as it. So, But we all know, too, that there's a lot more hype surrounding Xbox these days than there was. Their first-party series. Yes. Well, not just first-party, but Xbox in general. There's yeah. so much love of Game Pass. I've never heard anyone talk negatively about it. I've only heard, this is the future. Type talk. So there's already things that everyone's praising Xbox for. So I'm just curious how each one's going to carry it because they both can't go into this cocky thinking that they're going to just get us. Because in my mind, correct me if I'm wrong, but I foresee both consoles launching at a 500 price point. i agree at this this point yes
0: from from what we've heard and what we have information wise yes i think that will be both 500
1: if one of them's 400 that would be that would obviously that would be the playstation 4 killer uh, like how it just did xbox this but i really foresee both of them starting at that 499 price
0: especially with
1: how much ssds cost exactly cheap and we know that everything drives down later once technology even advances the cheaper model becomes but I, I just don't see how you essentially tell all of us, hey, you're going to spend $1,000 for both consoles, yeah. but they right now have a lot of similar guts. Yeah. It's all about what services and what are you providing me with software. Yep. Um, and that's where I think the messaging is going to definitely have to stick from both sides on games, which I think they both learned their lessons. Yep. Um, I, I'd just be very curious how actually nintendo fits into this fold too um so we know you actually made a hell of a good prediction before this show that um so sony has confirmed that this is 2020 a holiday xbox has already confirmed theirs is holiday 2020 Yep. nintendo switch is only two and a half years old uh, going on its third birthday here in march they need something yeah they need something so daniel predicted very wisely in my opinion that breath of the wild 2 is going to uh, release the, this year. holiday yeah yeah the, sorry next holiday for it and yeah. that would probably be the smartest move of that of the company that they can do yep. the attach rate from a switch and zelda now not nearly as high as it once was when it first launched it's yeah. still extremely high yeah at um, I, one point it was
0: higher than the console yeah because <laughs> the
1: wii u yeah um then people bought the collector's edition and the digital edition yeah um so i, I very much foresee that um I think it will be almost a tough selling point where they're going to have to lean more into the handheld side, too, because these games, whatever we're about to see, granted, we're never going to have a leap from 2D to 3D again or from SD to HD. Mm. Um, We're never going to have something that dynamic again, Mm. but they're still going to be like, oh, my God, what am I watching? I mean, when you see at your Xbox event... The cinematic and then switch right into gameplay of Halo Infinite, you're gonna be like, Holy crap, this, I'll be this, this is next gen! Yeah, um, please give me so. That. Or, like, when they do Horizon Zero Dom, when they just show Alloy and all the Aloy. robot Aloy, whatever. Sorry, my friend Aloy. Chris named his cat Alloy after the character. <laughs> um, but you see. Just the scenery and all the Dinobots and all that stuff coming up from it. You're going to be like, oh my god, I thought this game looked great before. Now it's like, oh. And then you have just Nintendo going on their art direction. Which, don't get me wrong, is really cool what they do with their art direction. Yeah. But is it enough of a selling point to ever be in the fold with these two beasts? Yeah. It's definitely
0: it's going to be an interesting uh three-way battle i think next fall for sure so
1: because i think nintendo has now shown that they're no longer the little brother they're the brother that tags along they're right. no longer the little brother though oh yeah um because a lot of people have either a playstation or an xbox and then a switch yeah I a mean, lot of people. Yes, yes yes um most don't have all three yeah um now, we like to both say that we're kind of agnostic. We just want to play whatever games we like. Yep. Um, so we happens, have all three. Yes. yes. It just happens but to be you gravitate some, towards more Xbox games, and I
0: gravitate right. towards more and, Japanese and, PlayStation And some people still have their Xbox backed up and don't even uh, play it ever. But uh, let's not talk about that. I hey, <laughs> at least I have it. That's it for uh, the games are, or the topic of the show. Why did I say games we're playing? That's it for the topic of the show uh so we're gonna do our top five real quick top five active developers for this week so this is developers still in business my first one not a surprise to anyone 343 industries i love halo obviously zynga i thought that's what you were going with zynga yeah zynga games oh my god obviously i love halo 343 has done a phenomenal job Halo 5 was not very good campaign-wise, but multiplayer was great. Halo 4's campaign was great. Um, So I'm really excited for Infinite. It really feels like it's a spiritual reboot of the series, and it really feels like they're hitting on all the points of what makes Halo great. So
1: I'm very excited. Uh, My first one is From Software, uh, which is not a surprise to this podcast, our listeners, or anybody that knows me. Um, I obviously lean very heavily towards Japanese games, um, and these games combine both my favorite as far as Japanese RPG mixed with tough-as-nails combat. Um, I really like all that they have produced, the Dark Souls series, Bloodborne. Uh, I restarted Sekido. Uh I didn't mention that because I only spent like two hours on it. Um, I forgot they also made Armored Core. I like that. Uh, there was another game actually I saw on here that they did, oh, Tenshu, which is what Sekado is based off of is the Tenshu games, and I loved uh, the Wrath, the Ninja, I think that was called, and I, I always liked those types of games, and From software always knocks it out of the park with their yep. story within the story type games. Yep, they like to uh, make people cry. Uh, next up, I have
0: naughty Dog. <laughs> Uh, so Naughty Dog I, I really don't feel like I even need to say anything here Naughty Dog is just a freaking phenomenal developer they are literally the reason I bought a PS, PS3 uh, Uncharted 2 my favorite game ever on PS3 that game was amazing uh, Uncharted 3 as well Uncharted 4 uh last of us they're just such
1: a masterclass developer so cra- visual... Crash bandicoots yes. jack and daxters were my favorite of their series yeah i used to have this standing thing every christmas uh eve yeah. i always played jack and daxter the precursor's legacy the first one 100 percent of it because yeah. i love that game so much
0: i mean their games just have visually stunning graphics always they have amazing storytelling they have great gameplay so all of those things
1: combined for just a fantastic developer, and they're not afraid to reinvent themselves either. Mm, nope. Um, the I'll actually use Jack and Daxter again. The first one was such a platformer, and the second one was a GTA clone. Yeah. The third one was an open world like I think Max Payne or not Max Payne. Sorry. Um. The uh, what's the Road Warrior and all that stuff? Road Warrior. Um, I don't know. I can't think of it. Desert wasteland game. Desert wasteland. Mel Gibson, game. the Road Warrior. I, I can't no think of it idea. now. I can't believe that's out of my mind. That's gonna bug the hell out of me. I have
0: no idea what you're talking about. Mel Gibson, Road Warrior. Mad Max. Jesus. Oh, Mad Max. Okay. <laughs> <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> I was that.
1: confused. Yeah, but no, they they. I love how they reinvent themselves and everything. Agreed. Um, my second one is Nintendo. Uh, that. Pretty much goes without saying, given my upbringing and what I bring to games history for my knowledge. It's kind of cheating because it's like <laughs> multiple studios, but it I mean. is, but that's what it is. They're both the developer and their own publisher for a lot of games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not much has to be said other than they're the most recognizable characters they have yeah. from their stable. They have a plethora of different game styles that they do, um, they're not afraid to venture out into oddity. Um, most of the time, in my opinion, not for the best, but they're still not afraid to test the waters with a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, they've given me my favorite games of my entire life. Uh, and there's not much that can be said about that games that I for sure. 100% still keep playing for sure.
0: Uh, my next one, uh, I'll probably read it correctly rather than the, what the paper says, which it says Bethesda, Bethesda So Oh, I didn't realize I spelled it wrong. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> Bethesda Game Studios, I'm talking about specifically Todd Howard's team. Why
1: would you only speak specifically one developer?
0: Because, of course, Bethesda, this is going to turn into a long thing, but basically Bethesda turned another game studio that made that 4v1 game that got canceled into Bethesda Game Studios. I think they're like Austin or something. Bethesda Game Studios Austin. And basically considered them the same i don't consider them the same todd howard's team is the master class team i love their team fallout four fallout three um skyrim uh oblivion morrowind etc they just make amazing games and i'm very excited to see what they can do with starfield obviously starfield is mainly from that team Um, so I'm very
1: interested to see what they do with that. And they are definitely one of my favorites. It's like a, it's like, I actually debated using platinum games as we talked about, but it's like the platinum games. We know they have an A team and they have a C slash D team. Same thing with Bethesda at this point now. (laughs) Um, so I'm actually going to kind of flip around one of my orders, but, uh, my next is square Enix. Um, I actually was thinking about just solely going with square soft. Instead of Square Enix, but I like to combine the two because they have given me my favorite RPGs of all time: uh, Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VI, it Just Cause, um, Chrono Trigger. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, they, they did do Just Cause, yeah, but yeah, I'm man. not. I don't. They weren't the developer of it. No, they I'm, were just I'm the publisher. TV, yeah. Um, but they're not afraid to take chances on their games, such as like Bravely Default for the 3DS uh, or Octopath Traveler, which released last year. Um, so
0: even even publishing-wise, like Life is Strange, that's a yeah. widely loved or one. Or Deus Ex. Deus
1: yeah. um, uh, they they have so much history between the two companies uh, when it comes to Squaresoft and Enix uh, from back in the day before they merged. But they oh. continuously pump out great RPGs. Um, not as consistently as I would like, being that it took... 15 years or something like that for final fantasy 15
0: and uh, kingdom hearts that wasn't that long yeah it was <laughs> only
1: like uh 13 14 plus years yeah. for the third one yeah uh but still they just pump out some of the most classic and revered rpgs of all time oh. so my second to last one is the great
0: Bungie studios i de- i debated pretty hard on this one but He was crying. He was having an existential crisis. No, 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 no. I'm literally (laughs) wearing a Destiny t-shirt right now. But Bungie has... They've done so many things for the industry. Like, what they did for Halo and for console games, they created basically the matchmaking system that traditional games have nowadays on console they mastered the uh, controller controls for an FPS. I, just, I will
1: always give them credit for how to put an FPS on a console. Exactly.
0: They basically created the infrastructure for Xbox Live. They worked like hand and foot with the Xbox Live engineers to get that working on Halo 2 on the original Xbox. They created the friends list. Before Xbox even had a friends list, Bungie made a friends list for Halo 2. That was what... Xbox ad they didn't have a friends list on the actual platform. I mean, voice voice chat, uh voice messaging. They pioneered so many things. And also with Destiny, they created a brand new genre that everyone wanted to go, go after anthem, uh the division, just all these And other... no one's been able to capture that magic exactly. really yet. Yeah, and it still gets a huge audience and they continue to support it and the thing is Now, with Activision not basically handcuffing them to Destiny, uh, they have the freedom Mm -hmm. to continue to work on Destiny stuff, but also look with one eye to the future Mm -hmm. on what their next thing is. So, I love love Bungie. Um,
1: My next one uh, is Sony Santa Monica Studios. Uh, Obviously, a lot of people know him from God of War, the entire franchise. Um, I actually got turned on to them uh, very early before them. Uh, one of their big games was called, well, it wasn't really big, it's not well known, but it's called Kinetica. Uh, it was a racing game that was very futuristic where your body was the actual vehicle. You were attached tires and you were the engine. Hmm. Um, it was a very, very cool game um, to play. Uh, especially like how futuristic it was and stuff, but Obviously, the God of War series, I loved every God of War. Um, Even Ascension? Yeah, I liked Ascension. I really did. Um, I, I understand the issues that people have with him as a character. And what did they do? They completely reinvented Kratos to make him just this amazing in-depth character that no one saw coming. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why last year it just won everything mm-hmm. uh, as far as award season goes. Well, deserved. so yes, well-deserved, uh, such an excellent story. Um, I think Corey Balrog, um, having kind of ownership of that studio and Sony letting them do what he wants. Yeah. Cause he just, was gone and then they brought yeah. him back. Yeah. So just letting him take his creative time, like, we're not and he even specifically said like i would have loved dlc for that game he said no the game that we made is the game that we made we'll make a we'll make another one we're gonna make it so with it's, thor yeah probably with thor i i just i have so much respect for that studio that i can truly see them being in that light of naughty dog when it comes to um games and telling a story
0: yeah absolutely agree uh so my last one this was another one i was uh wrestling with but ninja theory i absolutely have loved everything ninja theory has done um i really really love dmc and what they did with that i'm not a big dmc fan in fact dmc is from ninja theory is the only one i've ever played um i still have to play devil may cry 5 on game pass i keep which is crazy. That's the only to one do that, I Not the yeah. Capcom It's the only one I played, and I really enjoyed that game. Uh, but also, uh, what's that? Kung Fu Chaos. Yeah, that's that on on Xbox. I that love was, that game, dude. I've never played it, but I th- oh, I thought that was such, hilarious. It's such a funny game. I thought that was hilarious when they when Microsoft acquired them on E3 stage, and, and Phil Spencer said, "Yeah, I've worked with uh, what's his name, Kabid or something, the main studio head. Uh, he." he's like i worked with him on the original xbox with k kung fu chaos and i was like really phil that's the game you choose but i guess it is tammy like... and tinnitus i think is that what it is possibly yeah that might to meme. to meme yeah to meme yeah, Tamim, yeah. Yeah, Kung That's, Fu Games was
1: an amazing game on the Xbox. Yes. It doesn't get enough love for being yeah. a party game. Yeah, It was an awesome game. I
0: never played it, but I'm just going you, off your you word. Would, you would have enjoyed but, it, I think. Uh, Enslaved Odyssey of the West was one of my favorite 360 games. It very much had that Uncharted vibe, as we've talked about in this podcast before. I love that game. Hell, Heavenly
1: Sword, too, on the PS3.
0: I never played Heavenly oh, Sword. Uh, so. Very
1: much in that vein. Yeah, uh, A little bit more of a camera angle when it comes to it, but yeah. very action-heavy. a More stylized God of War, probably.
0: Gotcha. and Hellblade I I really enjoyed Hellblade it was a interesting experience it kind of messed with your mind Mm -hmm. a little bit so the research they did for that too and their new uh, multiplayer game looks cool um, but I haven't obviously played it it's it's
1: still in early access or whatever but uh, yeah that's it so uh, my last one is actually I I didn't look at them as a first party studio uh, until basically recently because they just got acquired by Sony but Insomniac Games, um, excuse me, my love started for them on the PS1 days with aspire the Dragon. I actually bought the Reignited Trilogy. Even though I'm kind of out of those like kid games type things, I just love that, that series so much. Um, I didn't get really too much in the Ratchet & Clank series, but I still respected them and liked them. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really liked Resistance Fall of Man um and actually the subsequent resistance games too um i don't think it should have ever been touted as a halo killer same thing as killzone from Guerilla, guerrilla games but it was a very competent shooter um and actually it actually was a lot of fun playing online because it almost um was raid esque yeah. before raids were a thing a lot of their co-op missions and everything yeah um and their foray into xbox this generation is probably the greatest tragedy that's happened so far. The fact that we'll never get a Sunset Overdrive 2. I wouldn't Uh, say that, because they own the rights. Yeah, but it won't be an Insomniac Sunset Overdrive 2. What do you mean? No, Insomniac owns the rights. Uh, Well, Spider-Man being such a success, though. uh, But Sunset Overdrive was such a pleasure. That's one of my first Xbox One games. I think it was actually my second one that I bought um after master chief collection yeah but i was just so pleasantly surprised by that game the movement the control just the freedom you had great uh, i couldn't tell you the story but no. just the gameplay itself it was, was so awesome almost like tony hawk back in the day yeah Very without a skateboard so, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um and then they learned a lot from that to incorporate it into spider-man for the ps4 oh, from last year so which, good such a good game we're only just thinking about what's going to come in the future from them i get a lot of crap
0: for this but i love that game more than any other game last year including god of war and i love god of war
1: yeah see that's i would put god of war and then spider-man for me but regardless they still did a phenomenal job with that they keep doing well sony just bought them basically to keep them in house so they can keep making gains for them because that is a huge get i know a lot of people were like oh man uh, Microsoft has uh, Obsidian now, a great RPG maker, yes. uh, open world, and basically Sony came back right at and be like, hey, you want to always talk about third-person action games? We always have the best. Now we got one of the best of the bests. See, yeah, we've talked about that before. I kind of, I wish Sony would kind of go
0: into something else because they, I feel like they have too many third-person action adventure games. Which
1: I get. My only thing is they, Sony, as we can tell from disney and marvel is so beholden on never letting spider-man go that the second that they see those sales numbers from an insomniac spider-man do better than any other spider-man game has ever done they're keeping that developer (laughs) because they want more
0: that's true so that's uh that's end of our show guys uh thank you guys for coming out to the live show um remember you guys can always join us wednesdays at 8 p.m eastern time uh, we're always live on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN. You'll find us on there. Um, really appreciate you guys coming out. Uh, if you want to follow us, on am at Podcast PXN uh, or at DTM on Twitter. Um, so appreciate that, guys. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Deuces. See ya.